Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show, where real talk happens every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Good morning, good morning. How y'all doing? How y'all doing in the cafe? Are you ready for some hot and steamy conversation this morning? What you drinking on? What you sipping on? Carmel Macchiato? That's my favorite beverage right there. That's how I get my day started. Hot and steamy. My mother and I had a fantastic relationship. This, this is Stephen, and I just wanted to share. You should always be in a place where you're celebrated. Life is too short to stay somewhere and tolerate If you cannot help a person, don't hurt them, especially the women. Always just whole essences that bring out the best in other people. Something that touches other people, and that's what your show does. It doesn't. It's not just conversation as you started. It actually has a purpose. Saturday at 10 a.m. It's your girl, Soy, bringing you stimulating conversations to the Blue Nation. It's always a joyous occasion here in the cafe. Think on it, drink on it, let's talk now. If Soy means I am, therefore you are bold, beautiful, intelligent, amazing, and leaving your insecurities and inabilities to be tested, then rested, while you have real talk with Soy. That's exactly what this is. A platform where you can have a conversation and you can unapologetically be you. Happy Saturday. Happy, happy Saturday. I say that with my heart. I say that with my head. I say that with love. Happy, happy Saturday. And I really appreciate all of you tuning in to the podcast this morning. Um, I just want to say that, I mean, it's going to be an amazing collaboration on today, not only today, but all month long. As we know, Father's Day is coming up in June. Um, as we know, there's a lot going on in the country today affecting our African-American men. Yes, black men, I love y'all. I celebrate y'all. And I'm going to, you know, put my money where my mouth is by celebrating you all month long. So for the entire month of June, every Saturday on the show, it would be a male-related, male-directed topic. <laughs> Y'all know I can't do it by myself. So I have um, partnered with some amazing men um, throughout the country, um, different backgrounds, different interests, different stories, different purposes, different visions. But they all um, they all relate back to men, how men live, how we see each other, how they see each other as well, and um, and we want to let them get on the air and just have some real men talk. And so you know, I usually refer to this virtual setting as the cafe while I'm drinking my Camille Macchiato in hand. Yes, I had to have two cups because I had to get get ready for the brothers today. So this is my second cup, but. Um, we're going to tag your brutal nation for the guys, you know. So I had to give them a little, you know, give them a little pump, pump, you know. So we're we going to tag it um, brutal nation for the guys. Power to the men. We salute you. We love you. And, and, and we appreciate you. And I'm going to show you just how much I appreciate you all. So I said it off the air. So I'm going to say it on the air as well. If you uh, know a brother that has a story, a purpose, or a product that is directly related to black men, please have them to reach out to me. I'm trying to support them as best I can. I'm using my platform because I feel that we all should be doing something because we know that black men matter. And if black men matter to you, well, what are you doing to show, to show that? How are you recognizing um, black men in your life, in, in your world, in your community, in, in your home? You know, we, we got to start where we are. And um, if, um, 
you showing that black men matter to you is um, speaking out, then speak out. If it's writing, then write. You know, if you're an artist and you sing or, you know, let your craft use you. And if you want to, um, you know, march, you know, and protest, I mean, do that as well. But I feel that we all can help. We all can demonstrate where we are that black men matter. Black men matter. Black men matter. Um, before we get into the show, I have an announcement uh, to make. I do want to say happy birthday to all of the um, Geminis out there that start to kick off their birthday. So we'd like to see another um, <laughs> season, uh, birthday season. I think this is like the third time that um, we are seeing people celebrate their birthdays um, during this COVID period by coming up with creative ways. There's been Zoom parties. There's been private engagements. Um, and all kinds of other things that to show your loved one how much you appreciate them by um, celebrating. So I am celebrating the birthday of my 30-year-old daughter. Jasmine is turning 30 today. So we have a couple of surprises in store for her, but I want to do a shout-out. I love you, Jasmine. Um, congratulations. Happy birthday. And um, she's a low-maintenance kind of child. Uh, daughter, person. So um, luckily, you don't have to go too far out, but we will. We are going to go as far as we can and show her how much we love her and celebrate her birthday with her. Also, ironically, my godson, who's also turning 30, happy birthday to you, Joseph, and to my nephew, um, Miles Johnson, the little one, all born 6'6". So shout out to those who were born June 6th, and shout out to all other persons who are celebrating uh, their birthday. No matter what it looks like, y'all, this pandemic is not over. So look out for your loved ones, you know. And those with the weak immune system, you want to keep them in mind as you go about your day interacting with others. Think of who you have to come back home to or who you're going to be visiting um, along the way, okay? Stay home if you can. Mask up if you can, but be safe, okay? Stay home if you can. Mask up if you can. But be safe. Be safe. Also, have y'all heard that they are? Um, there's been um, a blackout day for 2020. They have said that it should be July 7th. So, if you're participating in that, um, let me know. I want more information about that. Apparently, they're saying that um, blackout day. You can hashtag blackout day 2020. Um, they're asking that we do not spend one red cent. That's right, one red cent. We, African-American people, do not spend one red cent. We are to show solidarity in America by not spending. We want to show the world how we impact them. Um, so let's hold our money. Hold your money. Keep it in your pocket. Zip it up. Um, but do not, um, they're encouraging us not to spend uh, any money that day. I wonder if that means we don't pay bills that day. Y'all find out and let me know. <laughs> Let me know, because <laughs> is, is that spending? If you pay your bill, ironically, if you got a bill due that day, or should you just call them and, and postpone your payment? But do whatever you got to do, but don't spend any money on July 7th. That's what they've asked us to do. And if you are participating in that, call it your girl. Let me know, com. Please email me so I can get back to you. All right, so the moment we've all been waiting for, right, the topic we really want to get into is um, our men, our men, our men. It's a struggle to be a black man today. I know it is. It's a struggle to be a black man today. And for those of you who are doing it, um, my hat goes off to you, um, prayers for you, um, any way that we can support you. Um, start posting, start shouting at the world is listening. You know, we got the attention of the world, and, and, and they're listening now. So this is a good time to be heard. And not for y'all who crying and doing that to take it off the couch and want to play video games all day. We're not, we got, it's another message for y'all. But there are some brothers out there that are trying to do the best they can. They're trying to make a difference. Um, they realize that they have a purpose, and they're trying to walk in it. 
And we want to support them, brothers. We want to support them, brothers. Because they go through a lot. You know, it's kind of emotional for me right now. But but they go through a lot. They are, um, they go through a lot and they deserve to be uh, respected. So do your part and, and let's respect them and just think about how you engage with, with black men. What are you doing? How are you a part of um, putting them in a better place, whether um, you are a mom or a sister or a brother, an auntie, a cousin, um, a girlfriend, um, whatever your role is, make it impact their lives. Try the best you can to impact their lives. Think about how you're communicating with them, how you're raising them. You know, are you holding them accountable? Are you enabling them? Are you motivating them? Are you punishing them? Are you disrespecting them? Are you encouraging them? Empowering them? Maybe educating them? Whatever you do. Whatever you do to that black man, don't spoil him. You don't need no more mama's voice out here. Don't spoil him. Don't spoil him. <laughs> don't spoil him. But let's lift them up, build them up. And like Home Depot says, <laughs> let's build something together. So let's build these, these black men up. And we're going to start right now by doing it here on Coffee Talk with, with Soy. So my, my show today, you all, is titled Mending the Brotherhood of Men. Strengthening the kinship among our men. Mending the brotherhood of black men. Black men, that is. Strengthening the kinship among them. And so in the cafe uh, with me today to help um, kick off this robust conversation, um, I have uh, an author um, by the name of Michael A. Carson. Now, let me tell you something about, about Michael, you all. Michael is, is an author, uh, and not just of any book, he authored a book titled The African-American Inventions That Changed the World. So what he did was look at the 365 days, right, of the year. And for every day, he did research to identify African-American inventions that happened on that day. It's an amazing piece of work. You can find it on Amazon.com. I encourage you to get the book. Get the book. Knowledge, you know, just it, it brings so much knowledge to yourself. You can share it with your children because there are a lot of things that, that we don't learn in school, you know, even during Black History Month. There's a lot of things we don't learn about our people and about our culture and about our purpose and what we've done. And I just, my hand goes out to this guy. My hat goes up to him, and I can do nothing but applause and embrace him and I'm so thankful to have him on the show. Um, that's Michael A. Carson, you all. He, he's in the Atlanta area. He's a husband of 13 years, a father of one, and a black man all of his life. All of his life he's been a black man. And at age 43, he's making a difference by donating his written materials to youth. Michael says he's donated like over 1,000 books already to uh, children through the support of other organizations in which he uh, are helping to educate our children about the work of our African-American people. So let's welcome Michael to the show. Good morning, Michael. How are you? Hey, good morning, Sister Soy. How are you? It's a pleasure to be here today and have a great conversation. You know, Mike, we always have a good time, don't we, on and off the air. We always have a good conversation. I I always walk away... um, taking something from what you shared um, with me. And um, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you do for our culture, the community, and our kids. So thank you. Oh, absolutely. Yes, it's my pleasure. (laughs) All right. Now, we can't have a brotherhood without having two brothers, right? Of course. So to assist Mike, in this conversation um, with me, not, not that he's going to need it, but just to assist him in case he need a backup, right? <laughs> in case he need a backup, I, I have someone who um, <laughs> who is not a stranger 
to most athletes. Um, he's a former NBA player and assistant coach of the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Daryl Armstrong is in the cafe with us today, you all, and he is a father of three, um, a married man, and been a black man all of his life as well. And uh, he's not only known for his talent on the floor, but this man has a passion and an enthusiasm for life. And I'll tell you another thing that he didn't know that I knew about him, that he has a birthday coming up on June 22nd. So we're going to celebrate Mike, too. I'm sorry, we're going to celebrate Daryl, too by recognizing his birthday. So let's turn his mic on and welcome uh, Daryl to the cafe. What's up, Daryl? How you doing? Good morning, Sorry. How you doing? Mm, I'm doing good. You you had your coffee this morning? Mm, I had my coffee early. I went back to sleep, but I'm back up, ready to go. Okay. All right now. All right. All right. Yeah, I and, and all sorry, sorry. Things. Sorry, I got yeah. four kids. I got my, my last son oh. is in Atlanta, matter of fact. Oh, okay. Is, is, this, yeah. is this the junior? No, junior just graduated last night um, from Windermere High School in Florida, Orlando, Florida. And this is my last son, my last child. He's, he'll be 17 in November, but he's in 11th grade and playing high school football. Oh, okay. Okay, big daddy. So <laughs> let the record show. <laughs> it's amazing. He has four kids. He's going to stand up for his family. Family. So thank you, Daryl, for being on the show. I appreciate you being here with me today. Uh, thank you. So appreciate it. Thank you. So, Daryl, and um, you've met Michael, and you've heard about the amazing things that he's done. So, so Michael, tell um Real quickly, um, I want you to um, share briefly about um, some of the things that you have in your book so people can kind of get an idea of, of what's in this um, this piece of material that you've written um, about the African-American inventions. Why, why did you do this? Well, um, originally I did the uh, my first book, uh, African-American Inventions That Changed the World, it was inspired by me to do for my son. At the time when I wrote it, he was seven years old, and um, he was doing a project for school where he was um, going to speak on African-American inventions for that month because it was Black History Month. And um, needless to say, during that time, I didn't really know much about inventors that were black. So I started doing a little research and um, in my research, I found that there were so many things I didn't know. So in kind of teaching him some things, I was teaching myself, and I figured if I didn't know a lot of these things, I'm pretty sure a lot of other people didn't. So I decided to write a book on it and just educate the world. And, you know, the book has been out for about three years and it's just been well-received by everyone. Um, the feedback I've been getting has been wonderful. This goes into detail about uh, 42 inventors who did some pretty incredible things, and you would just be amazed by some of the things that were invented that we use every day that you had no idea was the African-American person who created that invention. Thank you. And, and, and people can find a book on Amazon. Amazon.com, you can find the book. Um, so do research the book. Um, for those listening on Facebook Live, I, I post a, um, a direct link. So support this man. Um, support the material. It's a good material. I, you know, I have the book, and, and I think it's awesome. So definitely uh, check it out. Check it out. So as, as, as we move on to, to talk about um, the brotherhood of men, our African-American men, our black men. Um, I, I I kind of um, find myself being taken when I see um, organizations like a hundred black men. Um, when I see um, fraternities, you know, that have their brotherhood. Um, when I see generational um, men come together, where it's the father. Um, the son and the grandfather, and they're spending quality bonding time together. 
and I look at people like yourself, Michael, you are out on this project pushed you because of your relationship with your son. And 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 Daryl, you are coaching men, you know, and uh, or young boys or have a relationship with them. How how important is the mentorship of the development of, of men? And how does that impact it? Well for me, um especially coaching young 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 men that are fathers and are becoming fathers and becoming leaders and um you know in, in, in this world is is very important because I mean for me, my mom and you don't realize it until you know, you get up you know, you know, you get up in age and you get to eighteen, you get to you know, being fifteen, seventeen and you 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 learn that what she instilled in you, you know, to, to say yes ma'am, yes sir. Um to know the right and wrongs of things. Um, you know, I, I I knew I was brought up the right way and that's how I wanted to present that to my my kids, my my son, um, the players that I work with, because at the end of the day it's all about respect and I, I I like for our black black men to respect, you know, each and every person, uh, whether it's a man, woman or a child or elder. Um, those are the things that, you know, my mom is still in me and I thank her for that because at the end of the day I know what's right and what's wrong. You know, if I choose to do wrong, I know it's wrong. But at least I know my mom put that in me to know all these things that goes on in life. Michael? Yeah, I couldn't agree more um, with uh, Brother Darrell. You know, he's absolutely correct. I can attest to that. Um, it, it starts at home from a young age. And, you know, as we grow, we, we always learn more. And um, it starts with that word respect. Um, you know, when it comes to the African-American community, um, I feel that we all have a responsibility to, um, you know, to teach one another, to build opportunities, and, um, you know, to also give back. If you if you learn things coming along, it's, it's always good to, to to pass it along to someone else coming up. You know, mm-hmm. each one, teach one. And, um, you know, I couldn't agree more. It, it, a lot of times for us it starts at home with the mother and father, and we pass it along to uh, our children. But most importantly, you know, we got to, Pass it along to each other. Anyone we um, mentor or anyone we who look up to us as as people um, who are positive and doing positive things, you know, just pass it along to the next person. You, you just never know the impact you're having on that person's life. Amen. So I feel that's important. So I have a question. I have a question for you, Daryl. So if if we're talking about um, respect and, and, and mentorship, and, and mentoring um, is a relationship that is where, where the mentee has to look up to the, the mentor. Otherwise, it's hard to mentor them. And so with some athletes who are maybe the cream of the crop, um, as we know, some of our um, basketball players um, or um, athletic players come out of distressed homes where because of their talent, that has given them the ability to speak over authority in their household. And they may not even have a mom or dad that they listen to or respect, but yet they have to join a team and and follow protocol. How do you deal with those individuals that have come from that place and their transition and where you have to lead or mentor them and, and they're used to leading themselves? Well, I mean, you always got to teach them. Um, you know, you, you have to say the right things to them, you know, um, show them, you know, show them by your leadership. Uh, and it can be from, you know, things that you say to the team, things that you say to players. Um, you know, like for me, I, like I say, I, I, I had to jump in this leadership as a player real quick in the NBA. When we traded away Penny Hardaway, we had Shaq 
he left the two years before that then Penny we traded him away and and Doc Rivers' first year was he was a coach and you know, everything fell on my shoulders and which I was ready. Uh, I didn't know it, but I was ready. I was looking forward to that challenge of being a leader. Leading guys, you know, we was picked to win ten games that year. You know, picked to win ten games and I had guys who people didn't the media didn't basically respect and know. And my leadership had to start with first me, showing by example how to play, how to talk to guys, how to communicate with guys. And um, what a season we had. We missed the playoffs by one game, but um, we won 41 games. We was picked to win 10. But my leadership and not knowing that I had that type of leadership um, developing more during the season, you know, because we had first-year first, first year guys like a Chucky Atkins. Um, he didn't even know he was going to be on the team, but when he got on the team, you know, I had to I had to show him, I had to teach him, yo, play with confidence. You know, these guys are looking for you to direct them. As a point guard, you are a leader and a coach on the floor. You are the distant coach from the coach on the sideline. So you got to lead and you got to know how to lead and how to call things and how to talk to guys. And so for me, that was big for me. And, and to continue to, to do it as a coach, even as I don't play, you know, I, now I got to lead by, you know, my voice and lead by talking to guys. And, and, and it's exciting to me every day. I mean, um, these guys look at me like I'm crazy sometimes because I wake up in the morning, early in the morning, ready to go. I have my cup of coffee. I'm ready to go. I'm talking loud early while they walking in, coming in slow. No, let's go. We we got to get good to get today. We got to be better today. We got to improve today. So you do, those are the way I I lead. That's the way as a coach I lead. And um, you know these guys know my energy and, and they respect it, especially being an ex NBA player. Um, and they know I played and I've been in the trenches. I don't want a championship. Um, I've been in the NBA Finals three times, and I'm a free agent. I'm a Division II black college basketball player that um, wasn't drafted. So, you know, for these guys to see where I've been and where I came from, they respect it and they listen to my voice, and I, and I, thank, I thank God for that. Michael, in, in, in your in your dealings with um, the younger audience, and I think you your relationship is with a, a, a younger generation, more more um, I think elementary age um, kids, because one of your give back programs is to give um, give away books. Did I mention that? Did we talk about that? Michael. Yep, I'm here, Soy. Um, yeah. You did mention that earlier. And, um, yep, uh, again, I couldn't agree with uh, Daryl Moore. Um, uh, it, it all starts with leadership. You know, once you um, come into a place where you can um, uh, mentor and teach, um, you know, I've, I've written two books um, within the last couple of years. And one thing that I tend to do is, um, you know, I'm not um, just an author. I also work, but, you know, um, working in banking and working on a team there, that leadership is very, very important when it comes to, um, you know, enlightening and also educating. So um, one thing I took it upon myself to do uh, I, I mentioned my son was an inspiration to me writing um, both books, and um, I, I visited his school on several occasions. Um, he's currently now in the uh, in the fifth grade, and I've visited different um, groups of children in his school, and I've also visited um, different boys and girls clubs here in the Atlanta area. Um, you know, I've partnered with companies who uh, has been happy with what I'm doing. And, you know, we just get out, we talk to children, we, we just make them aware of um, of heroes that came before them. And, you know, growing up 
as young men and also young women, they have to know that um, whatever they're going to experience in life, um, someone has already been down that road, and you just have to enlighten young minds to say, hey, you can be whatever you want to be in life. It's just uh, always good to learn about people who um, who's done incredible things that, um, like Daryl mentioned earlier, you know, they have experiences and they they took that leadership role and they just did incredible things with what they had. Um, um, just to touch on another book I did, the title is Today in African American History. Um, it features every single day of the year different events and accomplishments made by African Americans from January 1st throughout December 31st. It has inserts on every day, at least five or six events. So um, I take these books with me and donate it to these children. And, you know, you never know. It could change a life. And just the enlightenment and education of teaching the younger generation um, is just incredible. You know, I, I do um, dozens of Barnes & Noble signings also. And, you know, it's just all about getting information out there and, you know, and just leading by example. That leadership is very important. Yeah, and you know what, Michael? Go ahead. Go ahead, Soy. No, I was just saying, and, I, and you know, I know Mike, Michael talking about, you know, the African-American stuff. And then I, I love that what the NBA as well, Michael, does. Um, they give us, you know, African uh, American Month, which is in February. They give it to us, and you know, I, I learn a lot still uh, with some of the stuff that they, what they put up on the big screen. Uh, you know, what some of our people have went through, and 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 it's it's exciting to me that the NBA uh, give us, you know, African American Month. That you know, also Martin Luther King birthday. Uh, that we, you know, we get a chance, uh, our, our black kids get a chance, our black athletes get a chance to also learn history uh, as we go still in this in our lifetime right now. Um, and it's it's always exciting. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you, you know, you are inspired, Michael, by your son, you know, because our kids, you know, we are, you know, when we are fathers, we become fathers as black men. It's, it's an amazing thing. And you know when you love your 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 kids, um, you know you'll go to the next level for them. And, and it's amazing, like like you said, your son has inspired you to write two two books that you you just never know who you're going to touch with these books. And uh, it's amazing. So keep continue to do what you do, and and uh, continue to touch whoever you can touch because it, it, it might not even just be black folks. It might be white folks. It might be Hispanic. It could be whoever. So continue to do what you're doing through the, through the love of your, your son. Oh, I absolutely. And, and thank you so much. Um, you know, um, the NBA, as you mentioned, um, well, first off, been a, a huge basketball fan since day one. Um, Growing up in New York, I, I came up with the um, the Knicks and um, just been a great NBA fan. They do have programs, and they do mention a lot during that month of um, February. And, um, you know, like you say, you just learn so much. Um, and um, – one thing I wanted to um, also give a shout out to someone you, you also may know, Daryl is um, his name is Mike Glenn. He um, works for the uh, Atlanta Hawks organization. Yeah, he, um, Mike, Mike Glenn. Mm -hmm. Yep, he he's a close personal um, friend of mine, and um, I was in the uh, process uh, this summer. I was going to um, to meet with the Hawks organization, and um, we were going to. Um, try to do something at the arena where we can um, make a donation of uh, a thousand books to the first thousand fans. Um, mm -hmm. It kind of got set back a little bit with the, uh, the pandemic, but um, 
you know, um, the NBA has always been great, you know, as, as far as reaching out to the community and just bringing awareness and, um, mm-hmm. you know, just, just doing great things within the self. So that's, that's pretty much what it's all about. Like you said, you know, it started with my son. He's um, yeah. in home with a school project and it turned into two books. So it's just inspiring stories that just want to get out to everyone. That's great. Keep doing your thing. That's amazing what happened when you just in, in, in such a like y'all said, you know, loving loving your kids um, really uh, takes you to uh, another level. It, it reminds me of um, something that I heard. Um, I heard um, who did I hear this from? It was Will Smith who said um, he was talking about his kids at one point, and um, and he, someone asked him about the kinds of movies and the things that he do. And um, he said that um, he always wanted to do something that his kids could be proud of. And he said it's an, it's an amazing moment when your children can see me in your greatness, you know. And, and I thought about that. And I think about how, you know, whatever it is God has called us to be, you know, especially on this topic of black men this morning, um, whatever it is that he's called you to do, brother, um, whether you sing or you write or you are ask or you're happy or you're a mentor, whatever that thing is, whatever that gift is that empowers humanity, kids need to see us doing that. That is your moment of greatness. And and, and I think doing that, like you like you guys mentioned, leading by example, doing those things, when your kids see you be great and inspire them to be greater. So I, I think that's important that, that we demonstrate that. Um, in in our community. Um, another thing, um, another thing I've been thinking about you all is um, I, I told the community about what to ask you all when, when I get you here on, on the air, and um, people want to know your thoughts about the communication with men. Is there a lack of communication with men, or do men just communicate differently? Black men. Mark, I'm going to let you start with this, and then I'll jump in. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, in my experience, um, you know, speaking through experience, is that um, as far as communication goes, um, you know, I have a lot of friends um, that I speak with, and, you know, I've been that was something I've learned a long time ago is that, you know, communication is key. And, you know, in any relationship, if it's, you know, two guys hanging out or um, husband and wife or any type of relationship you have, coworkers, um, communication is, like, first on the list because you just don't realize when when you're dealing with another person, um, I think as people, we kind of tend to assume that um, the person gets it. And a lot of times they just may never, may not get it. You know, you got to open that line of communication up. Um, For example, I have a friend who um, tells me about his um, relationships with his, um, his, um, his wife. And he kind of touches on things that he doesn't really tell her about. Like he, he'll say something like, um, you know, well, she should know me by now and she should know the type of person I am by now. And I, you know, I respond like, Hey, maybe she doesn't. You have to really open that line of communication up and tell her, you know, she, she just may not know, you know, you just can't assume people to know things. So um, any advice that I ever give with communication is just, you know, Put it out there. Make the person well aware of your feelings and your thoughts, and, you know, you'll just be surprised on the response that you get. You know, communication to me has always been first on the list when you're dealing with any situation. Um, but you know what, Mike? I'm going to jump in there, jump in there before, before Daryl does because I, I just want to take you all back a minute. How we raise our boys is what we say. Um, when we tell things like, well, don't cry, you're a boy, don't, you know, we we begin to teach them 
to um, internalize things and, and to not be expressive. And, um, and, and so we could very well be contributing to them the shutdown of men and really not speaking up or saying things until they just get overwhelmed with it and it comes out like a volcano. But, you know, looking at, you know, how we teach our young kids could factor into them growing up to be shut down, not to mention um, sometimes they just have so many awful experiences that they shut down anyway because they don't have anyone there for them. But even in a functional household where there's two parents, you know, sometimes you, you can find those individuals who do not know how to express themselves because they've been, you know, taught to, you know, to hold it in and, it, and be brave and be strong. You know, you walk around with a picture chest poked out and you're physically strong, but emotionally, you know, you're weak and immature and your legal thing just going to set you off because you don't, you have not practiced ways of communicating or speaking up for yourself. Sorry, I'm um, I'm gonna go with Michael on that. What he said is the number one thing is definitely on the list is communicating. No matter in anything that you do in life, um, you know, from basketball to being a husband, um, to being a dad, to being whatever, the communication is the number one thing. We talk about it a lot. You know, sorry, I go back to basketball, but we talk about it a lot with our young guys. Usually, I, I, when we talk, we talk about it on defense, how to communicate with each other, how to talk to each other. Um, you know, um, when you're a husband, you're the communicator. You basically, I mean, you're the leader of the, the household, so you have to communicate with not only with your wife, with your kids, um, with with friends, with friends. You know, you communicate with friendship. It just, I mean, that that communication is is so important in this world today. Um, you know, from you know, whatever we do as a leader, how you communicate to who you sending that message out to, you know, um, is is so big because if you mute yourself and you don't say anything, you know, especially with basketball. I, I can't know what you're thinking. You can't know what I'm thinking. And if we're supposed to switch on a pick and roll, you got to tell me, switch. But if I don't hear you say it, then both of us might go with that one guy and they throw the ball back and this guy's wide open for a jump shot because we haven't communicated and talked talk our stuff out. So, um, you know, especially in a relationship, I mean, communication is, is so big. Um how you talk to your 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 spouse or how you talk to your your lady it's 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 unbelievable but sometimes we just you know a lot of times we take it for granted a lot of times we don't understand how that person might feel or 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 things like that so um it's big and and it's overlooked to me in this world today um you know from race you know from from you know, things that we need to talk about in this world today. Uh, I mean, you look at Drew Brees. He really didn't understand and communicated the wrong message to his teammates, to the NFL, to people out in this world, and right now he's paying for it, you know. So, you know, if he would communicate with his teammate about what this movement is about, he wouldn't have been in the situation that he is, he's in now. And, um you know, so you know, just I never take it for granted. I, I think it's the most important thing when it comes to you know talking to people is that communication. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. You know, um, I I've literally seen people who just going for years, you know, holding things in and mm-hmm. you know not with one another and. You know, sometimes it can cause friction or it can cause issues between the two people, and um, yeah. you know, it it just always starts with that 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 open line of communication. It could a lot of times things could just be avoided if two people just sit down and and have a conversation. Um, but yeah. you know, 
you know, people just got to to learn how to how to get together and just 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 have an open dialogue and just start talking. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. I agree. I think that's the number one thing in this world today that we we just miss um you know um and this, I mean, this world is, is, is has gone crazy. It's been shut down, and a lot of come, a lot of it come off of communication. People talking to each other, you know. The president, President Obama, he told us a long time ago about this, what's going to, what's going to happen, and no communication from the new president. He decided to do something else, and you know. So I mean, all, all this is just so crazy right now. But um, you know, I, I hope that we can communicate, especially with getting back to basketball. Um, our guys, is, and they're definitely doing it right now. Um, shout out to Chris Paul. Uh, he, you know, he's talking to the Adam Silver uh, our, uh, commissioner, and they are figuring this thing out and. And all that start with communication. You know, they are figuring it out. So, you know, hopefully this world can get back to going where we need to go and uh, and that's up. Uh, because to me, all this all this has just put us set us back in, in time and we don't need to be in this in this situation. Well, we're, we're, we're all hoping that we can um, mend relationships, mend these brotherhoods, um, each one teach one. You know, pick a brother up, raise him up, um, show love, show respect, be a leader, you know, and um, be a mentor. And for those who are our mentors, um, at some point you have been a mentee. And so, you know, just keep recycling this program. And in doing all that in the perfect world, you know, everyone will be responsible for someone pulling them up and bringing them up. And then you have this theory of my brother's keeper. In, in, in place. So, um, gentlemen, before we leave the air, before we leave the show, um, when you think about my brother's keeper, who who are you keeping? And who kept you? Um, for me, for me, especially with the situation that's going on in this world, and um, I miss him as a leader because we don't have a leader today in this world uh, who's supposed to be our leader. I miss Barack Obama. He 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 showed me and he taught me a lot. I know he couldn't make the changes that you know he he wanted to always make, but still he he led this country. Um, he made me proud as a black man. He made me once want to be a leader as a black man, and um, I thank him and I, I miss him. Um, I, I love his swagger, that confident swagger, um, that walking when he walked to the press with the way he talked, and then he had a lady on his side that, not a lady on his side, he had a lady that led as well the way she spoke. She made me proud to be a African American, and um, I missed that. And to see what we got today, and which we don't have no leader, uh, um, I thank God for Barack Obama. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, um, when when you talk about moving forward and starting with leadership. Uh, Barack Obama, as well as Michelle, was just, you know, the top of the list. You know, those guys, um, when they first came in office, they rolled up them, their sleeves and, and just led by example, you know, um, showing us the definition of what a true leader is. You know, leaders go in. They don't, they don't blame people. They, you know, they say, hey, the buck stops here. We're going to take the situation and um, lead by example and, and show people how it's done. You know, um, the true difference between um, Barack Obama and what we have now is 
this pandemic, for example, you know, if if we had a leader in there that came in initially and and um, knew what, you know, he was doing and um, took care of business, uh, I quite believe we wouldn't be in the situation we are in now. You know, um, we faced situations like this in the past with pandemics, but, you know, it wasn't to this magnitude because we had great leadership. So, you Amen. know, I... I I, I definitely agree with that. You know, um, he's definitely missed as a leader. And um, Michelle gets her props as well because um, that is really the definition of what you would like to see um, a family do. It's just uh, lead by example and, you know, raise great kids and just show them the way as well. So, you know, the Obamas are definitely missed. Yes, indeed. Hey, Amen. I agree on that one. So, so what's new? So, what's new for you, brothers? Now, so we, here we are. You believe we're halfway through the year? You think like we we haven't got much accomplished? Um, so, but what what's new for for the two of you? What can we see coming from the two of you, personally, professionally? Um, for me, um. What's new for me is that uh, um, I'm continuing um, putting the word out uh, with these books I wrote. I'm currently writing a third book, and this time is um, I'm partnering up with my son, Matthew, and he's um, he's 10 years old now. And, um, you know, um, I, I've always been in the banking industry. I've Prior to this experience, I, I, I haven't, I've never been a writer, but, you know, I'm learning through him, and we do things together. So we're collaborating on a third book um, currently right now. Um, you know, I'm trying to show him how to get in, in leadership roles himself. You know, when we go to book signings or we go to events, I have him explain what's going on with these books and try to tell people about them. Um, this time we're going to touch on um, African-American musicians. Um, we're uh, in the process of writing that now, and that is going to be a fantastic book. When you go back, we're going to speak on 100 musicians that did some incredible things that just changed music forever. Um, we're, we're currently working on that. And it should be out towards the end of the year, and um, we're going to be hitting Barnes and Noble, and um, you know, just uh, it's kind of like well, a my, part-time thing. Um, but well, we're Michael, let me hit the road. Michael, let me remind you this. So, what, while you're planning to hit Barnes and Noble, don't forget to hit this platform right here. Okay. Oh, don't absolutely. forget to hit. You know, Okay, I want you to stay here, so don't forget to uh, keep me posted so I can bring you, bring you back on the air. Yeah, yeah. So, so there are, what's, what's new for you there? How is this um, pandemic impacting you, and, and what's, what's going to be different? What's new for you? Well, for me, is um, I, I, I like I like the movement of the protests of George Floyd, or um, you know, all the people who has lost their life to police brutality um, and the movement of, you know, people marching, but marching and, you know, being peaceful, peaceful um, and not looting because it's, it's people who, whose places have gotten torn up it doesn't deserve that because, you know, I want the march to be about these African-Americans who have been killed over the years um, to change um, the way the police uh, look at black black men, black black ladies. And uh, for me that's been big uh, because I this this is a, this has been overdue many, many years 
and, you know, for not only athletes, um, you know, for whoever to use their platform as African American to show, you know, it's time for change. It, it really is. Um, and I, I just like that the protesters and the things, you know, that's going on. I mean, I, last Friday night, I went to bed. It's the craziest night probably of my life. I went to bed at 1130, woke up 2.30 in the morning on Saturday morning with a fire alarm going off, not knowing what in the world was going outside of my apartment. I'm on the second floor, and, and I walk out, and I can see protesters, uh, a police car being burnt right here at my apartment. Um, things, you know, 7-Eleven right across the street being vandalized, and um, all of a sudden, here we go, the, the whole police force, police tanks coming in, police on the street, horses, uh, police on horses, and just to see that and, and you know, it wasn't a peaceful protest, but uh, it was crazy the next two days. I mean, I just wanted to see this world get back together. I mean, it kind of scared me. It shook me a little bit because I wasn't expecting that. Uh, and it shook me because, you know, um, and it's, it wasn't only blacks. It was white. It was, you know, blacks and whites out there protesting and, Throwing and looting and doing whatever, but at the end of the day, you know it's it's time, you know, to show these policemen. It's, look, you're using your authority too much. You're over using your authority, you know. And I've been in the situation when I've been pulled over, and to have a policeman all of a sudden pull me over, but come at me to almost make me be like, yo, what, you know, nah. You know, I'm not doing it. No, no. But I just, you know, stay calm because they come at you so aggressive when they pull you over. And I, it ain't, it ain't, the, it ain't the person. You know, especially when people say, "What, what am I, what, what am I being pulled over for? What, what I'm being, you know, in this situation for?" And they can't tell you because they over, they over aggressive. Um, they got to learn how to handle people. And I, like I say, it's a, it's, it's, it's tough. Because I've been in situations where I've been pulled over as a as a athlete, I was pulled over, and and like I say, I know right for wrong, wrong for right. You know, my mom taught me right. First thing I always, I don't say anything. Who I am, what I'm, what I am. I'm an athlete. You know, I I, I don't throw basketball in there. When I'm pulled over, I just listen to them, and you know. It, I don't have cops come back and say, you know what, I'm not giving you a ticket because you, in a white cop, I'm not giving you a ticket because you didn't even say anything about basketball. But one of your teammates I gave a ticket to because he said, you know who the F I am? You know, so I just learned, you know, I learned about policemen. There's some good ones. It's a good one. It's a good white white policemen out there. It's a good uh, black. It's a lot of black good policemen out there. There's a lot of, and there's a lot of crooked policemen out there. We know that. I know that. And uh, at the end of the day, you want to make sure you handle yourself well and take care of yourself. And so for me, that police brutality is, is big for me right now because we're losing a lot of uh, black uh, African-American people. And I, and I, and I don't want to see that. I don't want to see the pain. It's tough watching that video of George Floyd. And that and that policeman, with his hands in his pocket, continue to put pressure on George Floyd, especially when he's pleading and begging, and also calling on calling his mom. It's it is no man. I don't care black, white, Hispanic. I don't care what it is. No man, no person should have to die like that. And um, so that's my big thing. Let's let's get this right because. We got to call on you to come help us. Or when we get stopped, we got to hope that you don't do the wrong thing. So that's big. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, It's hard to believe, but um, Rodney King was 28 years ago. Uh, uh, I would just 
distinctly remember the early 90s. I think it was 92 when that happened. And here we are, 2020, and um, we're still fighting the same struggles of yeah. brutality. And, um, you know, it just has to end. It has to stop. Well, we're, we're hoping that it's going to be a change soon. Um, we're definitely making noise. So they, they, they are listening. Um, another person that that's listening is um, Brother Kareem Shabbat. He's been hanging out with us on the air. He's dialed in. Um, we have him in queue. And we want to see what um, Mr. Shabbat has to say. Good morning, Kareem. You're on the air. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Good morning, Shoy. And uh, good, good morning as well to uh, Mr. Darrell. And to Michael, um, thank you for having me on for, for a short while. I want to say first thanks to my friend Michael Carson, the distinct honorable author who invited me and told me about this here. Um, and to you, Soy, I think this is highly commendable, this subject, this topic we're talking about, mending the brotherhood of men. Quickly, I just want to say, you know, um, on this of mending the brotherhood of men, particularly as it pertains to us as African Americans, the black people, we have to remember this, listen, there's no mending of us as men without us mending our women. Now, contrary to what a lot of people may think, civilization, culture, uh, actually is measured by the excellence or the depreciation of our women, not our men, not our men. So we have to do this kind of like simultaneously um, because mending, mending the sisterhood of women, women you know, uh, or our significant others, women are our wives, our daughters, our mothers. And without mending or repairing the relationship between our wives, our significant others, our daughters, and our mothers, there can be no sustained brotherhood. So we, you know, we have to look at it like in a, in a holistic sense. Um, or else anything else that we may be doing is just only temporary. It's just putting a Band-Aid on certain things, but it's not really fixing uh, the solution. So this is healthy. We have to talk about this, but we have to we have to come at it kind of like a surgeon. You know, when you go into surgery, you have to anesthetize. You have to have the right preparation. Uh, this is a systemic thing. It's been going on for a while, but some of the things that uh, are occurring to us um, within our communities are self, you know, self-induced, self-imposed. So. At the same time, we don't want to be just, like, reactionary to um, things that's going on. This is right. You know, this is wrong. We have to do that. But after that's done, we have to be proactive. And a part of that proactive thing is just like Daryl was speaking about. He's, he mentioned about the relationship with his mom. And Michael mentioned about the same thing with his wife, you know, his wife and his son. We have to repair the family. We have to repair our family. Um, and then the brother's keeper thing, you know, of us looking out for our brother that will come automatically. But we have to, you know, we have to repair our relationships with our mothers, with our aunties, our grandmothers, our daughters that are coming up. Because if we don't do that, then it's just a revolving door. It's just going to spin around and around. And on the subject of communication, hey, we have to open up the window. We have to open up the window, allow fresh air to come in. Speaking of which, I myself, I've authored a book. I give God credit. Um, the name of this book is called Jesus and Muhammad, Two Rays of the Same Life. In my, my travels as a military man, you know, I saw a need to address this interfaith type of thing where people from different faith backgrounds can identify commonalities so we can break down stereotypes, break down different uh, stereotypical um, ways that we put people in categories and build up walls that separate us. So in that book, um, I'm, you know, I just... Uh, identified a lot of things from the teachings of Muhammad the prophet and things from Jesus. And I try to show how they show a sense of commonality where people from different faiths can better understand each other, break down misunderstandings and, you know, better respect each other's autonomy. Uh, And the book is available. It's on Amazon, uh, Jesus and Muhammad, true ways of the same life. I I encourage everybody, you know, the book, we have to keep, we have to keep the conversation going and, uh, and keep keeping uh, it takes a village to raise a child. So I'm, I'm I'm grateful to be a part of that village. Well, thank you, thank you, brother Kareem. We appreciate your comments. We appreciate you tuning in and good luck on your written material. And and we'll talk off the air. I can get you back on, on the show as we continue. Thank you. Thank you.
Cindy here in the cafe community hanging out. Um, thank you for rising up Blue Nation and, and helping um, this come to pass. So you've been uh, very um, inspirational to the people who are listening. You've gotten feedback. Um, and and I, I think this is going to be the beginning of change where we are. So thank you for sharing your story, your testimony, your views, personal and professional, the cafe this morning. So thanks again. Thank you, yeah. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you to you too, Soy, and uh, uh, Brother Darrell, it's been a pleasure, Brother Kareem, and, um, you know, Darrell, next time you're in the Atlanta area, um, we can all get together, Soy, and have lunch or something after this uh, madness is over that's going on in the world. Sounds good, and thank you, Michael. Thank you, Brother Kareem. And Soy, thank you for having me on. I enjoyed this segment, and Hopefully looking forward to doing it again sometime soon. All right. Good. I, I, I look forward to that. I look forward to having you both on the show. I just love this show. Coffee Talk with Soy. That is your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday at 10 a.m. I'd like to thank the listeners and the guests for joining me in the cafe today. What a wonderful time we had. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Don't forget to download the app, Coffee Talk with Soy, from your app store. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. Stay connected. Stay connected, folks, by visiting the website, coffeetalkwithsoy.com, as well as looking for us under your social media sites. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the name Coffee Talk with Soy. Remember, the size of the problem is never the issue. Remember, it's the size of you. Be great because you are awesome. Tell them Soy said so. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Bye-bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.